0: We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get the job done. Got a way win to win. It's simple, simple, simple for us. The first team ever in the 74-year history of the NBA to come back from being down three-one twice in the same playoffs. Nuggets down one. Into Murray. Here we go. Ten seconds. Burry
1: to Jokic. Jokic. But this is an episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Garcia and that's Riley Biller, my co-host, my very funny co-host, and we were like in the middle of a conversation thinking to ourselves, we should be recording this, so we did, (laughs) but it's actually a few minutes, maybe an hour now, after the Nuggets have finished up their win against the Orlando Magic in Orlando to kick off a little road trip they have here this week. Um, They just lost to the Pelicans on Sunday. I went to that game. It was tough to watch because I, there was not a moment in that game that I felt like, whoa, Zion is, like, impressing me. I mean, he was consistent. He was. <laughs> I can't believe you're mad at me about this. Everyone that's not wearing a Denver Nuggets jersey. Geez, That's not true. No, no, no. I think he was, I, I mean it more like he was consistent. He was like a quiet, consistent force. For them but he wasn't like I, I just when I think of Zion I think of like loud dunks I guess and like because of how big he is I, I think of like noise and I didn't get that while watching him I got I mean because the arena's empty you know so it's not like everybody's cheering or, or whatever but even still I kind of thought like you know he'd just be like a louder player even in personality and I didn't oh he's a quiet dude yeah, the thing is, he. I don't think ever, I ever got to see him play here because he was injured and mm. he rolled through. So I never seen, it like, how he – like, you know, some guys are actually vocal and talk and chatter. Corduroy just drinking water in the middle of our podcast, you know. is <laughs> <laughs> uh, a um, quiet guy, but were you able
0: to see how big of a beast that is?
1: No, yeah, he did. I mean, size-wise, he, he – looked big he looked big even from a distance where I had to sit he's the biggest human I've ever seen no no like, Dwight, I've seen him close up too, though um when he was injured and I thought he looked smaller than I thought then he looked bigger than I than he did that time I saw him but Dwight Howard is from NBA to me sorry just he is the biggest butt out of any human actually I've ever met just his butt his I thought we're talking whole set whole human he's so big and circular and like Okay, I should stop. <laughs> oh, I'm over here thinking we're talking entire human, Riley. Like, like Embiid and Dwight Howard are probably the two biggest people I ever felt like huge, you know, full body. But yeah, big butt. Zion's in that category. Yeah, you know fit- what? Sleeper Gary Harris. Gary Harris from our very own team. Whoa! Now I really got to see that butt. No, no, no. Um. Kata Bates-Diop. He was on our team for like, wait, was it Kata? No, 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 no. It was the guy who came along in that trade. I know who you told me before. It was Noah Vonley. That's right, Noah. Yes, Noah Vonley by far in the last – I need to see it. I mean, just
0: internet. I'm intrigued. I need
1: to see it. Uh, Well, they get a good – I mean, that game was – That Pelicans game was painful for me, but tonight they got a pretty good win outside of the third quarter, which for me was always a win because I am still riding that third quarter opponent's bet. Like I bet every single game against the Nuggets third quarter. And let me tell you, it either pushes or the opponent wins almost every time I bet, like it's crazy. The Nuggets, I know when not to bet them in the third quarter. You you don't bet a Nuggets third quarter when they've had a really, really, really bad first half because Malone just ripped them and they're probably on the floor warming up a, a lot more than they were before. Um, or that they would in a normal, in a game where they, uh, are playing good at the half. And so they get out, like have more extra time at halftime. And then they come out pretty good in the third quarter. So you don't bet them then, but any other time bet the opponent third quarter, it's an awesome win. I'm still riding that one for sure. But, uh, Yeah, it was a pretty good game outside of that. Did you have any other complaints from the game? I thought it was a really good
0: game besides them almost blowing a 21-point lead, but outside of that, it seemed like they played really well together, and I mean, this is the ideal situation we like. We like Jokic having triple-double. We like Jamal being in the 20s, Michael Porter Jr. getting into the action. We even had P.J. Dozier at 14. So, I mean, it's ideal, but I'm going to go back to this. You're playing one of the worst teams in the NBA. Okay? But they, I mean, they look – they're rough right now. They're real rough.
1: They're really rough.
0: And they made this a game in the second half. Should not have happened. Not okay. First half was – A-plus work. Mm -hmm. A-plus. I mean, they held them to 39
1: points. Yeah. I know. The under was going to hit. Had they continued to play like they did in the first half, the under would have hit too, which I bet – I told people to bet the under because it should have hit barely bad. Anyway. (laughs) Anyways, but you're right. It was absolutely nuts that they would even let them get that close in the second half. Um, And, you know – Malone was what actually Ryan. Ryan asked Malone a really good question at post game. He was just like, you know, it's time a point in the season, you know, our big boss Ryan, Ryan Blackburn. Oh yeah. Our boss who was mentioned on Bomani Jones's podcast this week. What the hey, oh, We my. see you, Ryan? <laughs> like that's like dreams come true right there. That's amazing. Bomani is one of the smartest voices So, and he's complimenting our boss, by the way. So, Denver Stiffs, what's up? Uh, Rep, represent Riley. Um, But he asked him just like, you know, we're at a point in the season where like, we have to kind of start evaluating ourselves and being honest with ourselves. You know, and allowing a team like the Magic, like you're saying, you know, who's not playing well, they're one in seven one in their last no one in their last seven so they have one in six uh or yeah yeah they've only had one game that's even gone over 217 points total like they've been playing terrible and it was against Brooklyn so that's why but um, yeah they've been playing terrible so you know, Ryan asked him, like, are you starting to evaluate yourself a little bit more because your team just lost a lead to that team? And he said this really cool quote about, you know, never accept in, in victory, what you wouldn't um, something tolerate and defeat or something. Have you heard that quote before? I can't say I have, but I know where you're going. Right. And I mean, I, I appreciate it, but also like, come on, Malone, like, let's be honest here. What's going on? And, and do you not want to give us a comment? Because it's seriously, I, I honestly think his third, the third quarter issue is that he doesn't veer from the script. He never veers from his script. He always sticks to game plan and he's not willing to change it up enough when you can very, very easily see immediately that they're struggling. They almost always come out and score the first basket. I know this script so well. It's like Malone like wants to watch this on on repeat or something, and I know he doesn't because like he's not a masochist or whatever. But he <laughs> lets it happen every single time. He doesn't make substitutions. I like and or he's not trying enough diverse options. I don't know what what it could be. I mean, do you blame Malone here? I know you typically don't like to blame the coach, but like how much? What are you seeing then? I mean, I think it's a mix. Um...
0: I, I mean, there is partial uh, downfall on Coach Malone just because, look, you got 30 head coaches in the league, arguably 30 of the best coaches in the world, right? Some of the most brilliant basketball minds ever, right? If you play a first half killing a team, they're going to – be able to assess the issues at halftime and figure out a game plan for that. So you have to be able to readjust your situation, even though you're ahead, you can't be comfortable because that's the tendencies that the Nuggets tend to do and readjust and change things up a little bit. So, yes, I think on that matter, yes, he has to take part of the blame. But at the same time, we have seen a lack of effort, a lack of defense, And a lack of just caring in general when it comes to being ahead of teams or taking them too easy, and that's on the players. So I think it's both sides of the situation, honestly. I mean, did you see a lack of effort tonight? I mean, it was a lot of effort, but there was a little lack of effort in the third quarter. It wasn't like the –
1: you can't tell me they played like they did in the first half. No. I mean, but I, I don't know that it was – I don't know what it is. Like, I, I want to re-watch the quarter, obviously, to evaluate more. And I'm wondering if I looked at the box score, you know, would it tell me that there's the most turnovers they had was in the third quarter? Because that's what it felt like. I if I felt like I was just watching turnovers.
0: Well, what happened was, was – I don't know if you saw but our trans, transition defense slack. Our help defense didn't do as well in the third quarter. And those – that right there is effort alone. Yeah. So, no trans- that's kind of
1: what I'm talking about every day. Every it seems like it's uh, that seems to plague the Nuggets. I think throughout the the entire game. But I mean, yeah, it's definitely a problem. Um, and I can see what you mean on the on on the defensive effort. But I think one of the big issues too is Will Barton goes cold. He goes cold, like. He goes ice cold in the third, like he did. He had a good game tonight. He had a great, a great game from him. He even helped me hit a bet. Will Barton over 23 and a half for points, rebounds, and assists combined. He's hidden in all seven games since the all-star break. What's up? Let's keep riding that one. But no, um, he goes really cold in the third quarter. He'll give you about a heart attack. If you bet that any bet, if you bet any actual, you know, sum of money on that one. But he's done it, like, several times now. And, like, it's kind of – I think it kind of messes with the team because they um, come out, like, expecting to still rely on him like they were in the first half to get some of those buckets. And when they're not, when you take those buckets away, you struggle, you know? And then if Jamal or, or Nikola doesn't have it going – I mean, Nikola always has it going. Like, Nikola Jokic is incredibly impressive. I don't know – I don't – I, I get impressed by him every single game. Like, he's so much fun to watch. I mean, he pulled up a, a Sambor shuffle right in Vucevic's face tonight. It was so nice. So, so nice from the corner. Um, he's doing everything. I just, like, like everything. Like, the passing. The one thing I guess I, I'm a little frustrated with him is about is just, like, um, <clears throat> well, I mean, I'm really frustrated with Compazzo and his, like, a large amount of fouls. Like, it seems like all he does is foul and play defense. And, like, yeah, you're going to get a really good steal in there, but he fouls a lot. And, and then he's kind of, like, sad-looking. Like, I got a foul called on me on my birthday, and it was sad. And, like, he makes his face to the ref, and I'm just kind of like, bro, it was definitely a foul. It was definitely, like, all of it. Like, Composo only had one foul tonight. Yeah. Well... I mean, the one, that must be the one I'm thinking of then because he's just annoying me with his fouls. But I'm thinking, I'm really thinking more of uh, he was bugging me against the Pelicans maybe. But you don't think he fouls a lot? I feel like every possession I see, at least... I don't have a
0: problem with Composito. I, I like his chippiness. I like how he gets physical, even if he gets called for fouls because this league is soft as hell. But mm-hmm. I like it, honestly. It brings a nice... Little chippiness to the perimeter obviously the nuggets lack so
1: I think just sometimes it affects the flow of the game. He like, you know, he messes with the flow of the game because he stop there's so many fouls. And sometimes those fouls come at really, really bad times. Like tonight it was right in the third quarter when he got that foul. And it was just like like they didn't need that at that moment, you know, and it's just like I just wish they had more options to go to, which I guess kind of brings us to um, our big game for the evening. The game on today's pod is would you rather? And of course, I mean, we can go in and out of different topics here, but, and we probably will overlap in a lot of different ways, but the would you rather game, you know, um, would you rather have Facundo Compasso on your team or would you rather? (laughs) And like that, I just feel like this is um, probably not something you identify with Riley because you haven't lived Nug life with us for so long but like Mm -hmm. it's just like they settle for these like compasso guys you know like compasso great like don't get me wrong I love his effort and everything but it's like you know when you could you could go get I'm trying to think of like a a brand of something you know like you could get Nikes but you end up buying like Reeboks because like you're cheap or something it's like, that's how I feel about this team. Like they settle for guys like Com- Facundo Campaso, who really do come through. But in at the end of the day, do they come like, and they're fun to watch and I love them and they're great fan, like fan favorites and everything. But at the end of the day, do they get you a championship? Absolutely not. Only the Nikes do. But you got to spend money to want to get
0: the Nikes. You're going to be cheap and get the Reeboks. They're going to look ugly and they're not going to
1: last long. And that's exactly what's happening at the Nuggets. It's that That's what I'm kind of like referring to when I say like I'm frustrated. I think I'm just like, it's not Compazos specifically. It's like all the composos on our team, you know? And the fact that like yeah. we have so many of them. We have so many guys who are kind of like this role. And, and while I like, you know... I love all the guys. I'm not like trying to, you know, like as people, I enjoy every player who comes through the, through on any team, you know, you can like get to know guys and, and like guys, or even dislike guys on your own team. There's sometimes guys I'm like, eh, like, you know, whatever. I'm not the fan of their game or whatever, but, but for the most part, like, I like all the guys on the nuggets. It's not that, It's just like, we have a serious problem on our hands. It's a giant problem in yeah, I mean, if you look
0: at our roster, the composos on the team is obviously Faku Vlako. <laughs> You're saying okay, right so there alone. alone. Oh, no. uh, so unnecessary, Riley. Uh, <laughs> Marcus Howard, uh, Hartenstein. Like, these are all guys
1: that, they're not championship guys on your team. They're just kind of there. Right, and I'm wondering, like, how much... Are they serving us and why do we have so many of them they come at a cheap price we have so many like could we just trade in like two for one are we like not you know what i mean like i'd rather have one good really you know tier not even i don't i don't know not top tier guy but you know I just need somebody who produces a little bit more who could get this team out of a funk. Will Barton has really been playing that kind of role a little bit here and there. And then Jamal Murray, of course, once he gets going, obviously he carries the team in, in the post or er, in the second two quarters, but in the first couple quarters, when they like struggle to get going sometimes, you know, like Will has really stepped up, but even like guys like Will and Gary feel like, like they're not really helping us get towards that that final goal. I can see Will on the team right now because I see him contributing. It's not like a diss towards Gary or like, I'm not trying to say that Gary doesn't deserve to be on the team or he doesn't deserve to play when he is healthy, but as of right now, man, he is draining this team.
0: Yeah. I mean, to me, if you're trying to be a championship team, Will Barton is not a starter for me. So
1: Michael Malone said he's a starter on any team in the NBA.
0: Well, he's tripping balls because Will Barton is not a starter in the NBA. He is a solid bench player. Yeah.
1: Like, you don't think he starts in Portland? No. You don't think he starts in Dallas? No. No. Phoenix? Oh, yeah. Okay. Really? Uh, how about Miami? No. Nix? Yes. Sacramento? No. Really? Oh, wow. Wow. So would you ever have will barton or harrison barnes who there have been rumors i would love that i would absolutely
0: love that god yeah yeah. harrison barnes all day every day oh my god i could pick that with like in my sleep oh if they did that that just would make me smile why um a just look at them b B. B, I trust Harrison Barnes a gazillion times more on the defensive end than Will Barton. C, Harrison Barnes has championship experience. He's been on a championship team. He's been in a championship organization. And D, Harrison Barnes could still go out there any given night and give you 30, 35 points. You never know. Mm-hmm. Nine. I think all around Harrison Barnes is a much, much better player than Will Barton.
1: Yeah, you have a whole alphabet of
0: reasons. Okay. I mean, I could go to Z, but we're trying to keep this in a time
1: frame. Yeah, we do try to keep the the pod reasonable. Um, (laughs) No, yeah. I mean, again, I love Will Barton. Great player. He even brings it, you know, when he's healthy and, and he's like in his bag, he is in his bag. I love his style of play um but you gotta wonder does Harrison Barton's like give you an extra little step does it give this team that little percent and and it really for me comes down to the defensive side of it like it's not so much his offensive game it really comes down to defense and there's a couple times you'll see um a couple plays here and there where, where Will Barton will act like he doesn't know where his man is or he'll genuinely be asking which guy which guys you got because he doesn't want to take that guy who's actually way faster and also close to the basket. Cause we'll, you know, he's getting older and he'll do it with like MPJ or something, you know, like as he's running down the court or, <clears throat> or he just won't take that extra step to get yeah. out. He's also as thin as my pinky.
0: Okay, like, This man is going to break success. What? And he huh? is your pinky too. Okay, well, Kevin Durant offers a lot more than Will Barton. I'm saying, though, Harrison Barnes could get physical with you. Will Barton cannot get physical with you.
1: He's as skinny as your pinky, too. Who? Harrison Barnes. No, he's not. Oh he's my God. Mean, he's I mean, like he he's muscles. He's maybe like middle finger skinny. He's not. Pinky no. Are we talking about the same guy? Yes. Oh my god, I'm about to see how much Harrison Barnes weighs. Okay, I'll look him up, too. Uh, But I need, you know what I wish I had? I wish that my- 25 pounds. What? Yes, go
0: look at a picture. Oh my god. This man weighed like 200
1: in college. Yes hell what are you talking about 225 because of how tall he is not because of he's like has
0: oh
1: Oh my god oh are you looking at a picture are you looking at his basketball reference his basketball reference he's 225 pounds right but even in okay so look at a full picture okay i'm looking at a picture (laughs) don't
0: look at the one from college
1: i'm not I'm I know just, that picture came up first, him, like, without a shirt in college. I'm looking at one that says Sacktown, and he is, he's in the black uh, jerseys. From yeah, the- you see that, that lump on his arm? It's called a muscle. Will yeah. Barton-, Barton has those muscles, too. He doesn't, though. He really <laughs> doesn't. But, yes, Harrison Barnes is is uh, larger, taller, and longer than um, Will Barton. In- and 190!
0: Will Barton is 190. Holy cow. My father weighs more than him, and he's a fit man, and he's 6'2". <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my Let's... God. Oh, oh, bull, bull. The thinnest man we've ever seen as paper is 220 at 6'11". Because of his height, you get some weight just from how tall you are. Oh, my wait. wait. Here we go. Here we go. Monte <laughs> Morris. 183 and he's like what six inches shorter than him wait wait wait! gary harris who's still shorter than him 209 monte morris is this man about his weight on there (laughs) this man is as thin as paper
1: okay harrison barnes is Larger than Will Barton, yes, but he's not that much bigger. He's still not somebody I would consider like a hefty guy. Okay, 35 pounds,
0: big difference.
1: Not that big of a difference. My dog weighs big that difference. much. difference. My dog weighs that much. I could carry that in my purse. Mm, well, backing down and playing defense makes a difference. Well, I won't fight you on the fact that we would both rather have Harrison Barnes. Um, what about, uh, let's see, let's see. Would you rather have a shooter or a defender? Defender. We could score the ball just fine. OK. You don't think, because I, I know some people are thinking kind of, you know, like, what about a guy who just, like, drains threes? But I my thought on that is, like, don't we have MPJ? Like, that's MPJ's role. He drains threes. That's what he does. If we're not using him for that, then what are we doing with him?
0: Yeah, and I mean, Jamal can drain threes. Jokic can stretch it out and drain three. Like, no. No, no, no. We don't need a guy sitting in the corner, a guy that could shoot threes but can't play D. No, 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 no. Stay away, X.
1: <laughs> X, okay. Uh, so, in that case, would you rather, on the theme of even the magic tonight, you know, would you rather have Aaron Gordon or Evan Fournier man Fournier looks just like my ex by the way. <laughs> I hope your ex is not listening because you're <laughs> nice. but old in everything I'm a dead ass.
0: um definitely Aaron Gordon yeah Fournier uh, I don't know how to say his French name or whatever but Aaron Gordon is the better product. Evan just had a better game tonight, and I think he was even closer to his career high. Whoop-de-doo. But Aaron Gordon has more in the tank. He didn't show his full self, and that could just be because of the swarming trade stuff going on, because I know he requested one. There's lots going on. I don't think tonight was an accurate depiction of his game. I'd much rather have Aaron Gordon, not another skinny dude on the perimeter.
1: Wow hating on the skinny dudes today you know sometimes you're body shaming Jokic for being too big and then other times you're body shaming have i ever body shamed that man you know everybody you who-
0: not he- me though the people- i'm not i am not shaming Jokic because
1: guess what it doesn't matter what weight he is he's doing just fine i mean goodness he is so impressive literally like i can't believe i mean I cannot believe he got the the triple-double again tonight. Like, every single game, you know, like first quarter, I'll be like, "Mm, I don't know, not sure if he's really going to do it tonight. He's looking a little strange. Oh, no, is he going to have one of those games where he only scores two points? He used to have games where he only scored two points. Those days are long behind him, let me tell you. He always comes through. You can count on the man. You know who you can't count on though? MPJ. You cannot count on (laughs) MPJ. You really can. That man one day
0: is waking up and it's a great day and sunshine and the next year in Seattle and it's raining. I mean, it's, oof. you don't know what you're going to get.
1: I know. And he's had like some, I mean, you're, you can count on MPJ if you want, like, you can count on, right? What can we count on? I feel like I could count on six points and three boards. You know, like I can guarantee that that would be like something he would get in a game. He's kind of like the best analogy I can use is
0: my mother. It's like you wake up in the morning and you can have the best day, the best day, great time, great woman. You wake up the next day. Something must have happened while she was sleeping. (laughs) And boom, like it's just scary. And you you tell everyone, you call everyone. You're like, don't call this woman today. She in a bad mood. You don't want to touch her. You don't want to do nothing. And that's how I feel about MPJ. You don't know what you're going to get. You're a little scared because you're not sure. But then he could come out and score like 30 points. But the next day, he is just non-existent, not there, two points.
1: Yeah, I mean... No offense to, you know, your mom. You're listening, Mrs. Miller. No offense. But I think he's a little more consistent than that. <laughs> day to day. Like it's not you can you can count on him to get a little bit each day. And even recently, he's been close to double doubles almost every game. But I cannot count on him to come through on that double double bet. Like I keep wanting to believe in him to get the double double and he gets you double digit points most of the time but he can't get you the 10 rebounds and it's killing me because literally orlando is one of the teams that gives up like the most defensive rebounds in in the nba this season yeah we won the rebounding battle tonight which is thank god i know but i'm just like because we won the rebounding battle because you had guys out there like pj you had guys out there like nicola you, had, you know like people were putting in the, the effort but like one uh but um what's his name was not rebounding mpj he like rebounded at the beginning of the game or he got a couple then didn't get any you know he goes cold for for quarters and stuff and it's just like that's the one thing i think they could count on and if you just did that like they would have to keep you on the floor you know, for his position, like, you if he could just get all the rebounds, he would have minutes on the
0: floor. All and now uh, Jenna is venting very hard that her bet missed today. And that
1: is really what this whole conversation is about. <laughs> is absolutely actually what this is about. No, but he honestly has, I think he's shooting, like, he's in his bag at least with his shot. He, You know, he's pretty comfortable now. He usually hits. God, I hope so. It's one of the only things he has. I know and the rebounding thing like we already talked about that so and he's not doing that so again and I anyways we'll move on so that I don't get too hung up on it but uh yeah and Will Barton didn't have any assists like for the longest time I think maybe he ended with one but he like didn't have any with, for yeah for the most but I,
0: are we surprised this man still thinks he's like Hot shit or something, and he never really was. So I'm just confused. But well, he's not really
1: known for passing the ball. He was introduced tonight as the point guard. So I just assumed he'd be doing some passing at some point in there and to score. You know, I don't I know. The point guard. God, we must not have point guards anymore. No, we, Nicole is our point guard. We just have to change the definition or whatever our mind thinks is point guard. Mm. Centers are now point guards. Oh, I'm glad I just became known of this information. <laughs> yeah, and wings are now shooters. I feel like we should rename these things. Yeah, it might be time. It might be. Uh, how would you categorize Gary Harris? Injured. That's all I got. <laughs> Terrible. That's how I categorize him. <laughs> Do you have any would you rathers?
0: Um, would you rather Will Barton start or P.J. Dozier?
1: I actually would rather have Will. Mm. I like P.J. Obviously, I think he's a good defender, but that starting unit, for whatever reason, kind of struggles. And it also Will is very, very sensitive about this issue. And I don't know if it's the battle you want to pick with him, you know, like just let him start and pull him out in two minutes or something and then put PJ in, if the defense really can't handle it. But he usually gets hit most of his buckets in the first few minutes. That's Will's game. He kind of gets them going, you know? What would you call that? Kickstarter? Uh, A what? Kickstarter?
0: He's like a – Yeah, I call it a Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think I actually would rather have him, but I, I think PJ Dozier ends the game. And I mean, what matters more, who starts or who finishes box. Right. So PJ, don't worry about it. Just finish the game. I, um, I have one for you. Um, would you rather, well, this is what we were talking about when we started the pod, right? We were talking about teams we hate and if there was a team that Riley could possibly. And she doesn't really have a team she dislikes that much in the NBA. She really dislikes the Yankees. I mean, Of course, they're going to have haters because they're winners. Um, like forever ago. they. She really dislikes uh, the Cowboys. That's who she really dislikes. Yep. Not the Cowgirls. America's yeah and i don't really have an opinion i feel that way about nfl but i don't also i'm also like i don't really have an opinion on who my favorite team would be either (laughs) (laughs) but um when we came down to nba we decided you know trying to figure this out so would you rather the sixers win the title or the nets This season, just this season.
0: See, I like I like my boy Steve Nash a whole lot, but my liking for him does not go above my disliking for James Harden and Kyrie Irving. So, I'm gonna have to go with Philly on this.
1: <laughs> wow, the lesser of your two evils, really.
0: Yeah, it, it really comes down to it, but. <laughs> You hate teams in the NBA a whole lot more than I do, so would you rather the Lakers or the Utah Jazz win this year?
1: Oh, my God. Both of those suck. Both of those choices suck. But if your choice won, if the Sixers won, then you'd have to deal with people, you know, saying that Jokic wasn't the MVP. And I I can't believe you chose that, but I'm just in shock still.
0: Honestly, it's much better than ever hearing about James Harden winning a championship. (laughs) Really? That would be the worst thing. Okay. Yeah, because then people would start putting him in this conversation he doesn't belong in. When he's just a selfish dude that lacks everything and just cares about scoring points. I don't
1: think that would put him in a conversation. You really think one championship puts him in the conversation? Hell no. One? No, not in the conversation. Sheesh.
0: But I mean, like, is this one of the greatest scorers of all time? I don't know. No, I don't want to hear that conversation. That conversation's
1: irrelevant when you take 35 shots. Oh, my goodness. Okay, okay. Well, is Steph Curry one of the greatest scorers of all time? A
0: hundred percent.
1: Okay, so you don't want him equated with Steph Curry and other scorers.
0: A hundred
1: percent. Does not
0: heard that.
1: What about Kevin Durant? Mm. I just don't know how to feel
0: about that guy. Just every time I hear Kevin Durant, I I I hear this like noise in my ear, and it's like it's like a three month year old baby waking up in the middle of the night. That's all I hear.
1: What? That's all I see. I don't understand how you've decided to hate these players instead instead of, like, actual teams or organizations, you know, but... Well, the, the NBA's it's so different that, like, if you ask at least
0: people from here or a place that doesn't have a team in their city, people follow the players way more than they do teams now. They'll like a team because of that player. And I feel like that's kind of the day and age of the NBA it's more about the players than anything else so I think I kind of just kind of followed that
1: well I mean definitely since LeBron happened right like I think LeBron is where that change for the no,
0: no 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 Jenna it's definitely with the man Michael Jordan who everyone fell in love with no. and we had people from San Francisco going for the Bulls
1: <laughs> No, but you still had people who were loyal to their sports teams and you still had Bulls fans separate from like you still had celtics fans lakers fans and stuff like that with lebron like yeah,
0: you, because the egos weren't as big as they are now i mean they're so big that they can be their own freaking company if they yeah. want it's all about them me 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 i i my 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 that's all it's about so we like, have a bunch of selfish dudes that's just what it is
1: well yeah that's fine but he's still the person who changed it still lebron
0: I still think there's many, many, many people
1: that followed Jordan wanted Jordan. I think Jordan's fame came more like, I mean, obviously it was huge in that moment, but then he reached like younger, the younger generation, the current generation, the generation that thinks the way that you're saying and follows players individually. He reached them more like with his sneakers and stuff than he did with his game. Where LeBron, like, because and and because of how LeBron even his whole journey happened you know being him being so famous in high school and already having people who are following him and then they followed him from in high school to you know to the Cavs from the Cavs to to Miami and then that crosses like a huge gap of people right anybody who's near Cleveland is now LeBron fans now anybody who's near in South Florida is LeBron fans and then he goes all the way then he goes back and he gets those fans you know like it's part it's not so much because of like his greatness compared to MJ's greatness it's just more about like how his journey happened that makes me think like that's how because like I never I still felt like people growing up you know you rooted for your team you stuck with your team whether they sucked or not like uh I'm from San Diego. The Padres have sucked for forever. It's only now that they're cool, you know, (laughs) like it's been a while since they've been, been fun like this. And, um, you still were a Padres fan. It wasn't like, oh, well, you know, uh, Derek Jeter plays for the Yankees. So I'm going to be a Yankees fan. It wasn't like that so much until like I got to high school and college really, or maybe not even until college and after has, has it been really like that where like People just follow. And I think that has more to do with LeBron coming, you know, coming up and well, everything. Well,
0: I mean, the thing is, is when it was MJ, it was something we've never seen before. It was magical. It was different. It was mesmerizing. I'm they're great. So, Don't think so, it. <laughs> but, here, but here's the thing. When LeBron first appeared on that magazine, it was after MJ officially retired. We were searching for that great unbelievable unforeseen thing we were wanting that that player to come in and then yes I do think people stuck with teams but most people in the U.S. don't live in a city that has teams so if you're not in a city that has teams then it's much much easier saying this from Charleston South Carolina where there's not a, a team in our state that It's way more fun to follow a player and root for that player because you feel more connected to that than some team.
1: Yeah. Well, and the thing is, too, you have to remember, like, um, you know, before there were only regional TV deals, like the way that these games were dispersed to people in their area wasn't like it's not like they were getting every game it's not like there was nba network always or streaming even services that we could access any game we wanted there was a time when it was like the only team you could watch on your tv was the denver nuggets in this area or was you know the utah jazz or the you know the chicago cubs that's why you have so many cubs fans that like span throughout that midi midwest kind of to the south even and I think even, you know, as LeBron's coming up initially, you know, when he's in Cleveland and stuff, he's not so, he's not getting, you know, you don't get to watch him all the time. And then when he goes to Miami, I mean, by that time, like you're into the 2000s and there are way more, you know, networks that are covering large amounts of games and people can kind of disperse and decide, because I imagine that played a role into it too, right? And I'm not saying, I think I agree with you, you know maybe it also is that we have bigger egos now and it also is that we were waiting for the next MJ we were trying to fill those shoes and it so happened, like it's the perfect storm, right? Because of just ev- all of that on top of the fact that he did what he did first to hurt Cleveland then, then in Miami and then to redeem himself in Cleveland. And I mean, his legacy is huge obviously. It's a big deal. Yeah, I
0: mean, it was definitely a combination of many, many things. And just like with anything, I mean, time changes, things get different and that's just what happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But definitely it's like weird for me when you like talk about like individual players hating on individual players even more, because I think of more like organizations that I'm like, uh, they're just like, I can hold grudges against teams that have long for like long periods of time done certain things or always beaten my team you know but the players change so I, I feel like you know but I mean I definitely have my certain players like Manu Ginobili not my guy <laughs> not my guy <laughs> but you know he's at the league. Now. I just want to bring up
0: how the initial question here was would you rather the Lakers or the Jazz win this year and Jenna here has found herself avoiding the question so much for 15-20 minutes that she still has not answered it <laughs>
1: That's how much she hates these two teams, but it has to be answered. I cannot decide. I hate that you figured out what was happening because I was just planning on never answering the question. I know you were, (laughs) but I also know you, so. (laughs) No, yeah, I really can't decide because both sound so terrible, like.
0: Which is the less of two evils happening?
1: The Jets, Oh, Okay. It was so painful to say. And I only say it because of uh, Jordan Clarkson and Donovan Mitchell. And that's it. Okay. I'm glad we said that. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Definitely not for anything else. <laughs> yes. But see, I was trying to avoid it. So good good call there. Mm-hmm. Um, would you rather the Nuggets do nothing or do something at the straight deadline? Oh,
0: if you say nothing, then you are complacent with losing. You always got to do something. You always got to be changing. You always got to be getting better. And that requires you to do something.
1: Yeah, but sometimes they do something. And the something is Keita Bates-Diop and Noah Vonley. And you lose Malik Beasley, who, I mean, maybe none of the things that happen... With Malik Beasley this year happen had he not been traded, I don't think that would have
0: still on the team if that really would have been the biggest difference in the world. But look, you gotta you gotta risk it to get the biscuit, and
1: you ain't gonna get the biscuits in on your ass. Yeah, yeah. I'm just worried that risking it for this team means more Facundo Campazos and. I just don't think there's any more space. I don't, I can't find any more room here on this bench. And I, I mean, it would be nice to just have, I mean, I, I feel selfish asking for another great player because you know that MPJ is going to become a great player and he is going to be on the caliber of Jamal and and Nikola. But he's not there yet. And I think, you know, in a couple of years, Maybe they just need the three of them, but this year seems like they need a, some sort of option as a defender. And those three guys are great offensive players. Jamal Murray and MPJ have not I mean, Nikola does okay on defense and Jamal Murray has improved and MPJ has improved, but they're still not great defenders. So you got to put other guys in there that are going to be able to defend and help them. And yeah. that's not who they have right now
0: yeah I mean that that still comes down to the organization and GM and all that fun stuff, but I mean, you look at what you have now and you say,
1: does this team win a championship? The answer is no and yeah, but how take- is that about yeah. the team and not about the other teams that they're playing against. what? How much of that is about this team and not about the other teams you know like the jazz are just kind of on a roll this year. Like they're just playing really well together, you know? Or if LeBron's not injured, the Lakers are dominant, right? If LeBron and Anthony Davis. But those teams made acquisitions
0: to their roster and changes to improve it. It doesn't happen overnight, it doesn't happen being complacent. I mean, you see these guys were more than halfway through the season. Okay. Do we think this team can win? No. Those teams went in this offseason ahead of time and made the changes they wanted to do to enhance their team. The Denver Nuggets, yes, they had a couple draft picks and they brought on Faku, but did they really change this team besides losing out on Grant?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, they didn't. It takes effort to win a championship. It takes balls to win a championship, and that requires you to do something, so –
1: Yeah. Well, I think this team has balls. Sometimes they have the effort, but it's not always being shown to us on the, at least. um, But I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I do think they have, they have a good team here, but it just doesn't seem like it's everything that they need to to win a champ. When you say to win a championship at the end, like that changes the way that I would respond to that sentence. And that to me says something, you know, and I think, it's like when you flip a coin, you know, and you're saying like head sushi, and then it lands on tails and you're like, tail sushi, because you just like actually wanted sushi. <laughs> um, in this case, it's like, I don't want to answer that this team is not good enough to win a championship, but they're not, they're not. And they need to make some sort of improvement. There's only a couple days left before the trade deadline. How convinced are you that the Nuggets are actually going to make a trade Riley? I'm not convinced, but if they were to do one, it sounds like they're going to
0: make a bad one by trying to get Lonzo Ball, which is
1: just. You're not up on, you're not high on Lonzo Ball.
0: No, 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 no. Nope, not a fan. Don't think he'd bring anything great to this team. Don't think he would enhance this team. Um. Yeah, be a waste. So I'd rather them not do that. And that's the only one I could see them possibly doing.
1: Would you rather Lonzo Ball or Will Barton? Because he could play that point guard position.
0: Mm. I'll I'll stay with Will Barton.
1: Wow. Wow, not even an upgrade. Okay. I see how you feel about Lonzo Ball.
0: Lonzo Ball is a mediocre player on a mediocre team. We're trying to be the top of the West. That
1: that doesn't translate. Yeah, but you also said doing nothing doesn't improve your team. So that's doing something. That's, well, what, you know, when I asked, do you want them to do something? Because it could, the something could be Lonzo Ball. Well, if we're being realistic, we'd have
0: to give more than just Will Barton. They're going to want more than that. And I don't think it's worth throwing all that for uh, another player like that. I'd rather them do something. That's actually could make this team better. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am also not too convinced that there will be something happening at the trade deadline, but I will say that I really hope they find a, a way to move Gary Harris or I don't even know. I don't know how they would uh, unless they, you know, couple him in with a couple other players for a deal or, of some kind. But um, it's just like a wasted roster spot, you know, and I love Gary to death, but we need that guy. Like that role That's he's not playing that, you know, and he's being paid a lot of money to not play that role. If he, that money was free, you know, freed up to, to use, then maybe we are talking about a player that is, on the level that takes them to win championships. So, and you gotta, you know, of course, kick yourself a little bit when you see Drew Holiday and stuff working out in Milwaukee because the Nuggets were also rumored to be interested there. So, hopefully, there's some sort of trade that happens. I know that Tim Connolly is probably very stressed right now because there's lots to be done in the next couple days so is Woj though so and and Shams. so keep me alerted on any big trades that you're excited about Riley for next week and we'll see maybe we have a totally different team because last year we were not thinking there was going to be any trade whatsoever and then there was and we were like what this team is different (laughs) what do we do with these three players now and guess what happened Y'all went to the Western Conference Finals. I know, but those three players did not even play. They didn't even touch the floor. I'm not even okay. sure. They went to the you moment. never know what they brought
0: in the locker room or practice. That's all I'm saying.
1: Sure, sure. Well, I know what Noah Vonley brought, okay? <laughs> he brought that ass. Uh, yes, he was, I mean, all nice guys. But again, they never played, so they never contributed. And I would like, the t- what I'm hoping for in this trade deadline is somebody who actually contributes to this team. So, and sister. We'll see, but it's going to be a fun week here in the NBA. Couple more games coming up this week. Riley, do you have their schedule pulled up?
0: I do. One on one sec. We are playing the Raptors next. Okay. Be an interesting matchup, and then we are playing New Orleans again. So. And then on Sunday, we uh, back home versus Atlanta.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, the Raptors, I think, it will be a tough game for, for the Nuggets.
0: And then uh, next week, y'all got fans back in the arena,
1: huh? Correct. Well, we'll be sending you, I mean, follow me at Beta Viva Diva. For any game stuff, I'll be going to games and posting pregame stuff or fan stuff, what it's like to get into the arena with COVID, all that good stuff. So, and you can follow Riley at Riley Biller on Twitter and Instagram, Please or like unshare and then reshare or unsubscribe, resubscribe, because, you know, we're trying to make this podcast a weekly thing that's really fun for lots of other women to be part of as well and we've had a lot of guests at the beginning of the season if you know a girl who's interested let us know and thanks for listening guys to another episode of the chicken nuggets podcast on denver stiffs